to Bickering Peaks with your hosts, Aiden and Lindsay. Hello there. Hello. Welcome back to Bickering Peaks. We are here with episode six yes. of Twin Peaks, the first yes. season of Twin Peaks, which is called Cooper's Dreams. Which is wow. funny because it doesn't really deal with Cooper, his dreams, but it does deal with dreams. the... the uh, Search for clues and and figuring uh, out the rest of his dreams within I guess. the dream. But he has no dreams in this episode. Yeah, I think that's one of those. The, a little bit of a false. Yeah, the Germans mistranslated it and then it <laughs> came back. It's like Maybe. a reverse Google Translate. One of those funny yes. instances. Yeah. Yes. Anyways, uh, let's. What is? What are the deets? What are the deets on the this deets? episode? Yes. What are the deets? Yes. Uh, this episode was written by Mark Frost. It was directed by Leslie Linka Gladder, um, one of my favorite of the. Uh, alternate directors for these seasons. It's aired on May 10th, 1990. And it takes place on Wednesday, March 1st, 1989. So now we're, you know, pretty much a full week after Laura's death. And the fellas are getting a little bit closer to figuring out the, the, the answers, I guess. Yeah. Um, Basic plot summary, which I just barely, I, I just gave it to you. Cooper and Truman discover evidence in the woods related to the death of Laura Palmer. Um, not not terribly exciting no, it's a pretty, plot synopsis. But, yeah, uh, or, I mean, there is... There's a lot of other, other things that go on in this Stuff episode happens, too, so. but it's not like the last episode where it was yeah. jam-packed. This is, yeah. this is a little more of a bit of a slow burn, and there's... But there's some new threads being added all the time. It's a bit more character focused too, I find. Yes. So. Yes. Yeah. So, so there's some interesting things that we'll we'll be talking about here. Yeah. Uh, do you want to get started with the log lady then? Yeah. And, let's do this. Okay. So let's do this. Do, do you want to? Are, are we going to read it? No, I, th- I thought oh, we just okay. We just we have, have it up, up on, on our screen just so we can okay. look at it and, okay. and read it and figure it out. So um, so she's talking about kind of two things. She's talking about herself. Literally, she's yes. describing kind of her role and uh, the way to find a perfect answer. I think she. Is the way she puts it. Um, well, uh, well, yeah. She she's saying that she's she's playing her part yeah, in, in, in getting a, them to their to, to the, the answer. answers. So she she Laura. does what she can. Yeah. And then that not everybody is ready to hear the answers, yeah. but when they are ready, she'll be there to provide them. And then the second half, she's talking about a fire. Yeah, and her anger at the fire. Yes, and it. Yeah, and this is where I mean, fire becomes a major thing, and she 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 is in this episode, and she does. Uh, play a fairly important role mm-hmm. um and fire is kind of her her ass her look into the uh the the negative the the dark powers that are around twin peaks is she kind of personifies them as fire that's not personification she she yeah, she she you know codifies them or yeah whatever. yeah yeah like they are symbolized for her yes. in her mind as fire yeah and uh so she has anger at the fire sometimes it's not anger she says but uh and, and you get some of the reasons behind that in this episode yeah. as well. Um, so th- this is Log Lady intro is not really thematic. The, the rest of the episode doesn't really deal with fire. It's more, it's more just a, a clue at how important her her role is going to be. Yeah, this is the first time she really steps up and 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 plays a role. And you and it is an important role. It's yeah. the first, I guess, really big break that they get in the case comes from her. Yeah. So yeah. And uh, she did talk about fire in the last. Did she? Yeah, she did. Okay. 
But yeah. She'd smell the fire. Yeah, yeah, said. that's right, yeah. But, she kind of uh, hinted at it. Yeah, the fire is, the battle between yeah. good and evil kind of was hinted at there. Um, she says the fire is not a kind fire, which I thought was interesting because when is fire, I mean, fire is never well, really a, a good no, thing. A nice it warms fire your house. Warm, but, yeah, and a fireplace is kind of, yeah. But it seems like these are out of control fires that she's yes, talking about. Yes, yes, for are, sure. And, and they're, these are nature's fires and, ravaging. Yes, yeah, 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 so. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's the log lady. That's where we're at with, with this lady. Yeah. Um, so after that and after the opening credits, we, we come in on Cooper's bedroom and it's late at night. Yeah. Uh, or early in the morning. It's early in the morning. Poor Cooper is awoken by the sounds of what yeah. he describes as a large group of insane men. Yes. Who are singing Icelandic drinking songs. Yes, at three in the morning. And yeah. they're, they're the new junket that's been brought in by the horns to yes, fund Jerry's, Ghostwood. Yes. Um, so, and again, this is five days after the Norwegians left. I just Don't get too hung up I'm on not. it. It's I'm so getting hung up, but yes, yes. So they have arrived, and they uh, he describes it as like their internal clock's been thrown off, so they're up yeah. drinking at 3 in the morning. Yeah, and just causing such a ruckus. And poor poor Cooper has to has to send a tape to Diana asking her to airmail him some, or express mail him yeah. the uh, the ear pillow, ear plugs that he... Uh, he previously he desperately used in New York. needs, yeah, 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 yeah. because uh, he just cannot get any sleep. And and this is a really cute scene. Like I think it's just we've never seen him so exasperated before. Like he's he's been in in you know situations where other people have been the cause of his consternation and yeah, interjecting a little, bit, a little yeah. bit. But this is something that's personally affecting him. Like sleep is very important yeah, to this poor man, yeah. and he is just bedraggled. He can't, you know. Yeah, and he even says, he's like, uh, as soon as you leave your house, you've lost all ability to control your, your, surroundings. your surroundings and yeah. stuff. And it's obviously that's very important to him. Well, yeah, for a guy who's, you know, traveling around all the time. Yeah, I guess. I you mean, you know, as an FBI agent. Comes off as kind of a baby to me, but whatever. Well, but I mean, when, you, when you're when you woken at three, oh, yeah. how many times have I woken you up and then you can't get oh, back yeah, to sleep? Oh, yeah, and I'm so mad at you. But that's because yeah. you're you and I get to blame you for pretty much anything I want because we're married. So it's different. Like if someone was, if there was a ruckus out in the in the alley or something like that, I'd be like, eh, it happens. But Cooper, no, he doesn't take that. Are you trying to say you're a bigger man than Dale yeah, Cooper? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what wow. I'm saying. Wow. Anyway, um, so, so, yeah, the Cooper... Yeah. Oh, and he has this funny bit where he holds up the recorder for Diane to hear yeah. the ruckus. Yeah. yeah I thought it's... that was just a nice touch. That was that was just good, yeah. Uh, so he co- he goes down to breakfast the next morning to... Uh, and just asks for coffee. He doesn't even... His his previous breakfast orders, you know, the very elaborate, Conf- con- Meg yeah, Lion-esque, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. breakfast order, yeah. has been... He's foregoing it entirely in order to just coffee, coffee. like, keep it coming. And uh, and you know things must be serious when Dale Cooper isn't eating. Yeah, he's a so, machine. So yeah, so, well, but he needs to be fueled, and clearly yeah. coffee is going to be his fuel for the day. Yeah. Um, so when Audrey saunters over and asks if she can, he shuts her down. He basically shuts her down yeah. pretty hard. Like which just, is, it kind of bugs me again because this is like they're two characters that are going towards the same point, and uh, they're they're both working on the same or they want to work together at least audrey wants to work with yep. cooper and it's just kind of annoying it's like a convenient excuse again for him to like shut her down and say nope you can't help me yeah well it's it's convenient but it it otherwise the it wouldn't the plot wouldn't go anywhere this this has know. to happen <sighs> for the rest that's of the what i'm saying if it's if, if something like that has to happen for the plot's sake that's not very good writing like the the characters should be the ones that make it well, happen. But and this is what I mean. Like like it's a it's a character moment. It's like 
But Cooper I don't is uh, overtired. He's cranky. Okay, but he it's shuts her down. so convenient. She's like, oh, I want to help you with the case. And that's when he's like, no, I have to yeah, leave. But- and I don't. I just have time for coffee. And then he talks to her for another, like, 35, 40 seconds. Like, just say her, hear her say, okay, I but- found out something important. Listen but to she it. shouldn't. She shouldn't be the one doing that. Cause she's a high school student. That's, that doesn't matter. Well, it doesn't matter. I, no, He's, it's just a convenient plot thing. That's what I'm saying. It's just a convenient plot uh, device to have her de- have him delay getting her information. Because she's going to now go and go over to One-Eyed Jacks and he's going to have to rescue her and all this stuff. When she could just say, oh, I know that my father did something, but I don't even know what she well, would she, say at this yeah, point. Yeah, I don't think she has anything at but this point. they could at least connect and say, and I would, I would refer it if he said, Audrey, you're an 18-year-old girl when she gives him his age. I don't want you looking into this. That's a stronger argument than him saying, sorry, I just have time for coffee, talking for another 45 seconds, and then leaving without yeah, but, any okay. mention of what she came there to talk about. Fine. But I don't think she came there to talk to talk to him about anything other than, like, she just wants to be in the same room with him. And I think he knows that. No, she brought I, up no, specifically, yeah, I want to help you on this case. Okay, but I don't think she has anything to tell him at that point. And, no, I, nothing that he doesn't already know anyway. Yeah. And then, and then the fact that, See, and I want to I want to come back and talk about this because we we've mentioned it in previous episodes that the connection between food and sex these are both you know uh, basic drives. Yeah, Don't roll drives. your eyes. I'm gonna roll my eyes a little bit. Penis so, <laughs> gun, yeah, lady. Anyways, the um, the fact that that Cooper doesn't have this big convoluted breakfast order, but he still spends time talking to Audrey in a very in a much more sexual manner than he has done previously. This this one I is can... a very very sexually charged. You even said that really? when we watched it. No, 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 no. I said that this was the first scene where the two of them were talking where I thought they had amazing chemistry. You guys, you fans have always said, "Oh, well they have such amazing From chemistry." From the beginning and From they the do beginning. and you're wrong. Okay. But this but part I'm not, but anyways. <laughs> yeah, I didn't find this one sexually charged at all. I thought it was quite the opposite. He's trying to kind of avoid her oh my he, God, except for the what? asking how old she is thing which is creepy as shit no and then and then he's like wednesdays were traditionally a school day when i was your age and she goes i can never i can't believe you were ever my age he goes i got the pictures to prove it it's like yeah that he's whole saying, that whole the, the, the that's the, not sexual at all no but the way he delivers it is the way they have that, the way they're really? looking at each other the way they're standing there the whole scene is is construed in a it's oh yeah no it's it's a very like romantically charged thing they she obviously is gaga for him and she conveys that very well and cooper is obviously attracted to her yes. and trying to hold it back and that's done very well but i don't see this that little repartee all, as all i'm saying all. is that is that that is that's the point of their their meeting that morning it has nothing to do at this point with furthering his investigation it has to do with furthering their relationship so that's what that does that's what that does it sets up that he's the boss She's gonna go off and do her own thing anyway, yeah, and, I guess it, and they're gonna. They, but they have this attraction, so that's and the fact yeah. that they're meeting over breakfast again. But okay. sure, and it does tie up to the the end of the episode is basically yes. rekindling that. But except for in the middle, nothing is happening between them, and so it feels like you're you've gone from this thing where yes, you're you're building a bit of that chemistry, and then all of a sudden to the end of the episode, which we'll get to. Um, but in the meantime, neither of them's thinking about the other one. It seems no, like they're both they, very intent on just yeah, doing their own thing. Right. And then and then the fact that so that's what people do. They think of their own things and then at the end of the day, when it comes down to the most important person like sleep is a very it's a very intimate thing, right? And when you when you have we can talk about this when we get to the end too, but but 
At the beginning of the day, Cooper's day is ruined because his sleep is interrupted. And at the end of the day, Audrey is having her night ruined. And she goes to seek solace in a bedroom. Like no, these I are, think him these turning are... her down is having her night ruined. <laughs> Which is in the next episode, but anyway, yeah, so we but, can get but whatever. There. I'm just yeah. saying that like, this is this is how the episode is framed. It's it's framed in that way, and I think that this is this sets up what we're supposed to expect at the end. Eh, I guess. I mean, I don't, I don't, I just don't buy it at this point. I find. Oh it's... my god! When we were watching this, this was the first time when you said you did buy it. No, so I bought their relationship. What are you more? not buying then? The whole I don't know that this is this was like super sexual before Audrey just shows up naked at the end of the episode, which. In my mind, okay, I think we're gonna end up wasn't. having to cut this because this is just no, no, no. Yeah. This is what the bickering, Lindsay. This yeah. is bickering peaks. This is okay. what we should. Yeah, be I know, doing but now I think of. you're just arguing with me to argue no. with me. I think that's what you do. <laughs> anyway, you don't like you, you don't like the scene between nope. Audrey and Cooper. No, that's the exact that? opposite of what I'm saying. I'm saying I really like the scene. I don't buy that it's sexually charged. That's it. End of story. I'm sorry. The one where he's talking about her melons when she first walks up. <laughs> he... That's sexually charged. <laughs> okay. The 18 comment as like, mm, are you 18 yet? Like, if that's how I read that one, which I don't in this case, oh, then that would on. be sexually charged. I don't. I'm sorry. You are really hard to please. This see, is see, ridiculous. See, I think you're viewing it the way Audrey views it, which is that, of course he wants, like, yes, he's asking me if I'm Do 18 you... so that I can go and sleep with him. And then she tries to at the end of the episode. I'm viewing it the way Cooper does, where he says... <laughs> Are you? How old are you? But 18. it's the tone it's like, that he delivers. Yes, and I'm saying like, I'm interpreting his tone yeah, as differently well, than you are. I okay. You know what? I I guess we're gonna put it to you, fine folks on the <laughs> internet who are listening to this. If you want to write in or give us your your thoughts, do you yeah. side with me, Lindsay, the right one? No. Or Aiden, the wrong one? Okay, well, if that's an easy choice, then I guess <laughs> they're not gonna have much to think about. Anyway, in any case, yes. So we leave them and. Uh, and then uh, we continue in the great yeah, and, yeah, and we we go to Cherry talking to Ben about the Icelandic investors. Yeah, he comes in. We get another instance of food being yeah. uh, used as a, um, a surrogate for sex. I guess it's like kind involved of. in this relationship that Jerry has with Heba, the, the yeah yeah his goddess that he met. His Icelandic. She's goddess, given yeah. him a leg of lamb. A leg of lamb, and it's literally a leg. I think there's fur on it. Like it's just <laughs> he just throws it onto Ben's desk, and yeah. it's just like what what. Is this what people do in Iceland? Like, it, it's kind of give funny each other legs of lamb? Because it's kind of the same scene as uh, that first one in episode three when Jerry came in. Uh, yeah. The first time you meet him, right? Yeah. And in that case, Ben was like all over that baguette. You know, he just loved it. But here it's like the relationship has changed a little bit or something. I, I don't know why. But Ben's just kind of freaked ben out. Ben is... is Ben's been the one holding down the fort. Jerry's the one who goes globe trotting. Like I yeah, think there's just maybe. some brotherly tension there. Just and and Ben just wants this this deal to be over. And he's got other things on the back burner, haha. That he's he's working on with the mill and yeah. the insurance fraud that he's going to be in, engaging in. Yeah. Um. So, I think he's just annoyed. I don't yeah. think it has anything to do with their relationship necessarily. It's just that Ben is annoyed. Yeah. You know. Okay. Plus I'll Jerry just that. threw a f- like lamb on his desk. Like. Yeah. Yeah. That's a little insanitary, I would yeah. think, yeah. you know. Yeah. So anyway, they, they talk about this and uh, and they mention that they're going to have a big party that night for the uh, no, the investors to come. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Ben says, there's, it's a hilarious exchange yeah. between Ben and Jerry. We've laid in a gala reception for your fair-haired boys tonight. All of Twin Peaks' best and brightest. We're holding it in the phone booth. And if we still need a kicker, to nail the sale, I'm thinking that maybe they might enjoy 
A little road trip up to, uh, you know where? Huh? Jax, I am honored to know you. And it's a pretty great, uh, it's a pretty great little, little moment between these brothers. And then it, it leads into, um, Leland coming back. Yeah. And it's, it's his first time. He's been off work, obviously, since Laura's death. So only a week. And, and he comes in looking really haggard yeah. and messed up. And... and and you can tell that Ben doesn't want anything to do with him. And just, you know, he tells him to go home. And, and, and Leland is clearly just, you know, going mad. He can't handle not working. He just wants to get back to work. In fact, doesn't he collapse there, right? I think he does. He falls uh, down yeah. at the on the stairs. stairs and, yeah. and Ben tells Jerry to get him get out him of there. Out of there and, yeah. um, which is, yeah, I mean, uh, we've all kind of experienced things like this where where we're dealing with a trauma or an uncomfortable event and 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 we just want to get back to our regular lives and we're not really ready for it yet and i think that's what leland is going through so it's really relatable but we get the other side of it from from ben who is like the employer and i mean if your lawyer came in and was like looking like Leland you wouldn't want him to work for you either right so i don't feel like this is unfair of of it's it's a it's a fair request for Ben to say no, Leland, yeah. go home and be with Sarah. Yeah, you know it's not like he's being a jerk. I think some people read it as him being a jerk. Yeah, I mean you could because you know Ben is a jerk. Yeah, <laughs> like he is. if you view that through that lens, you're like, okay, just help him. He wants to work. Give him some work to do or something. Yeah, and yeah. I kind of like my first thought was like, just send him home, but send him some paperwork he can do or yeah, something like that. Yeah, right? like but Filing this is not a, <laughs> a realistic world. Yeah. This is yeah. Yeah, but yeah. Anyways, so after that lovely scene yes uh you go to uh jacques apartment, Jacques's par- apartment. yes uh Jacques which Renault's. you had mentioned in the last episode you really liked the setup that do you still feel the same way no i didn't notice it as much um i think it was just like some nice there's some small touches i mean it's still messy and stuff and they're when they're taking it apart it's still kind of sleazy and yeah. and kind of you know bachelor. What I was thinking heavy. of when we were watching it was that the previous episode it's shot at night, so I thought mm-hmm. there was some nice um, chances for shadows and light to play in. And that that last episode is very you know uh, film noir. Yeah, it was. That's yeah, kind, kind of, how of it was filmed. Feel. Yeah. yeah, this is is much lighter. It's daytime. It's so you you kind of it's almost like last time the darkness was glamorized almost in a way. And now that, like, the light of day has sent the cockroaches scurrying. Yeah, a little see, bit, yeah. We see all the cr- the crud and yeah. grunge. It's not really as appealing, yeah. I think. Um, but we do get uh, all of these, the, it, you know, the police, the whole... Yeah, are all there. Twin yeah. Peaks Department, uh, Sheriff's Department are on the scene. They're searching the place. Yeah, taking them apart. And, uh, yeah, so I... I, and so Cooper walks in and he yeah. gets his coffee Desperately and Desperately needs, yeah. yeah, his donuts and coffee. And he gives is, it to Andy to hold, which is kind of hilarious. Poor Andy, just like Andy a, he's just like a... Like a doormat, kind yeah, of. Like a just, doormat police yeah. officer. It's well, sad. he's not the greatest police officer. No, and like, we have to do and, and we yeah, do see an uh, example yeah, of that. Yeah. But, um, but yeah. Um, and then Cooper, he kind of... He's just looking up. And I, well, I, no, because he... he just, yeah, that happens all in the same scene. You're yeah, right. Yeah, he walks in. Yeah. He hands off the coffee, and then he's looking up. And everyone's walking around, and then uh, he, le- he informs Doc Hayward before Doc Hayward knows that, uh, that the blood on the shirt was Jacques, Jacques Renault's. Um, because it was AB negative. AB negative. And the doc calls the office and says, oh, yeah, his uh, blood AB really negative. was AB negative. Of course, Cooper's just, you know, miraculously divined that. But the the way it's shot is really kind of cool. Um, uh, it's 
it's Cooper looking up the whole time and this kind of conversation is just kind of like revolving around him. Literally, I think Andy is kind of moving in kind of yeah. like a semicircle behind him yeah. and Doc Hayward is kind of going back and forth. It's like he's the nexus of this little swirling uh, visual uh, concoction of the scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's, it's something that kind of happens a couple times in this episode and I think the director kind of does this on purpose. So she'll focus all your attention on, on one smaller piece of the pie and then have the rest of the the scene yeah kind of going on the edges of it um what do you think the purpose of that is i don't know i think it's just it's kind of a an engaging it's just visually kind of appealing that your your focus is on one thing and then everything else is kind of on the periphery i think it's just kind of a different way of forcing the the viewer to uh focus on the action sometimes it's not the thing that's moving the most that's the most important well, see, and I would, I would say that I agree with you, but to go deeper, I think it's it because Cooper is the centerpiece of, of what's happening. He is literally well, the centerpiece of where all this information is coming from, his dream, and it's coming from his intuition. Yeah, so yeah, for sure, in his case, yeah. He is the, the, the center of mass that everything else is orbiting yeah. throughout this the, the, the arc of this season so far. Yeah, yeah, right? for sure. Yeah. So, um, Especially since the dream sequence, yeah. Yeah, definitely. so I think that that could be a choice as well. It, it could not be. Maybe we're reading into this too much, but I thought, yeah, when, when you said that, I hadn't noticed it until you brought, brought it up, and then I thought, especially for the other scenes where this happens as well. Yeah. It's kind of interesting that way, so. Yeah. So, and then they also find, so he pulls down the Flesh World yeah. magazine from the from the ceiling. Uh, they look through, there's a response from a cross-dressing guy. Yeah. Um, which is the first instance of that in, in Twin Peaks. Yeah. Of course, you have uh, later on uh, in the Denise. second season, Denise, which is a great character. I didn't like this very much, and I will tell you why. Tell me because why. Because it seems really judgmental. I don't know. Cooper doesn't when he's yes, like... Yes, he does. Hmm. I think the lingerie's clashes with the beard or whatever he says. And he calls him a poor bastard and it's... it's. Oh, does he call him Yeah. Oh, I thought that was Truman. I think, no, I think that was I think that was Cooper. Because, yeah, I, I got the but sense anyway. that Cooper was like a little less judgmental. Uh, oh, see, and well, Truman was a bit whole, more small whole, town. Okay. It's not just Cooper. I thought they were all just a little... You know, Well, Cooper still has that, that whole kind of... <sighs> Mine... Well, I don't know. He's almost gleeful about it. Yeah, well, it's kind of funny. I mean, if no, you, but, you but get it's like not, a response, it's like you're that like, oh. dark, that darkness. Like he, it's like anytime sex is brought up, it, with regard to flesh world especially, Cooper just seems to be think that this is, uh, it, it's like I can't even think of the word. Neither can I. <laughs> it's it's like it's like he gets dark and sinister again. Really? I, I I don't know. He smiles and his eyes kind of light up. Like it's it's How is exciting, that dark and but because it's such it's it's still relating to Laura's death, and he's getting such perverse glee out of what they're looking at. Like like I get I get the sense that you know Cooper would have a subscription to Flesh World, but it would be for like not because he wants to engage women, with yeah. it, but like. This is for experimental observational purposes. Like I think okay. he just, I just, I just get. This, I guess so. Yeah, I don't but know. I mean, it's like, so weird. I don't see how that's bad. He's an FBI agent. I didn't agent. say like, it was bad. I just said it. It kind of makes me uncomfortable that he's. Yeah, he that he has it this. So yeah, yeah. Okay. I don't know. Yeah, that's fair enough. Just yeah. because, and not because I'm a prude or anything, but just he. It, it seems unprofessional for him to take so much pleasure out of this. It, it's like a break from 
the the detached yeah that you sense expect that you would from, expect yeah, right from, that he's, and that he shows most of the time yeah yeah right although so, does he really because he always goes from like Douglas Furs to can I see the dead girl yeah, like yeah, yeah, I you know, know like he he does that back and forth all the time anyways yeah. but yeah yeah you're you're right it is a little it's a little odd yeah. um so I kind of thought Flesh World kind of died there but it does come back a little bit um, they 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 also find the uh, the photograph. Cooper finds a photograph when he's eating donuts. I should also mention they're eating all these donuts in this disgusting, yeah, yeah, dirty yeah, yeah, apartment yeah. with their like forensic evidence gloves on. No, that's in the next shot. That's later on. They come back to that. Oh, okay, a couple shots later. Either yeah. way, it's it's like it's it's dirty. Yeah, it's like don't put that in your mouth. Yeah, I know. Well, oh dear. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> that's how you get AIDS. <laughs> no, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it's not, or yeah. Well, yeah, Jacques Renault, who knows? Definitely. You would some... get an upset stomach. Well, yeah, for sure, yeah. Okay, so <laughs> you leave uh, Jacques Renault's apartment yeah. and you, you head go to, to the Johnson's farm. Yeah, <laughs> Leo's uh, home uh, is currently home of Bobby yeah. and Shelly. Uh, and and they're they have just... a nice little scene of domestic bliss. Yeah, kind Shelley's of. Yeah. Cooking him breakfast. Cooking him breakfast, and he's telling her how great she is and how Leo she's missed the boat. Yeah, yeah, she's complaining how he doesn't like her cooking. Leo and... doesn't like her, her yeah. cooking, yeah. yeah. And then she kind of tells him, like, what would you do if Leo shut up right now? And then Bobby calls her over, and then he grabs a gun from inside her, her dress or pocket her or something or like that, yeah. And he, he gives a little soliloquy towards, well, it's not soliloquy, a little it's, speech it, yeah. towards uh, towards Leo if he was there all of a sudden. Yeah. Like, tell him how, you know, you screwed up and... Yeah. Uh, you should really treat this one well, and you're gonna make us ter- you're gonna make us dinner or something Breakfast, like that. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, it's funny, and this is the, kind of the second scene right away where, um, you kind of your attention's really kind of on the gun. Mm-hmm. Like Bobby's kind of you know emoting and Shelly's laughing and everything, but there's like a loaded gun and his fingers on the trigger. Yeah, I like, didn't notice no that. No safety yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> whatsoever. I, I mean, mean maybe, you could think maybe the gun's not loaded, but but what's the point of no? I I get I'm the sense sure like Leo loaded. could come home anytime. Yeah. Like yeah, they've got it loaded. Um. And he's just kind of swinging it around and, like, pointing at her, pointing it at himself. And you're just, I don't know, it's, like, maybe, reckless. again. Yeah, it's a little reckless. But, I mean, it's it's literally, like, Chekhov's gun. Like, this is the gun that you know is going to go off. And then it does later in the episode. Right. Because, and it is it is the center of the scene. It's, like, the threat of violence is just, like, quadrupled. Because yeah. he, he's literally just throwing this gun around and, and uh, making a big deal of it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, Shelley and he are just kind of on the periphery of this thing now. And then at the end of the scene, uh, Leo calls and... Uh, well, because first Andy shows up. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Andy yeah, does show up and this, plot, is, yeah. this is where we see that he's not exactly the best. The brightest, yeah. Because he comes in, uh, Bobby goes out the back door, Andy comes to the front door and and uh, Shelly drops a line about... She's, they're trying to frame Leo. Yeah. Not really realizing that Leo probably had something to do with Laura's disappearance and, and murder. Yeah, they're but, just saying, oh, well, we can tie him to Jacques yeah. Renault, who's the prime suspect exactly. at this point. And, of course, that sends off bells in, in Andy's head. And he's like, which, call us as soon as Leo gets yeah, home. Yeah, but but he he drops a like. Yeah, he's just not the most. Well, no, like yeah, he doesn't he doesn't question her or say like, okay, I need to take you in for a statement. Exactly. If this is what happened. He's just like, we'll get Leo call to call us. us. Yeah. Yeah. And then when Leo does call, yes. very very shortly after that, he's asking if anybody's, if anybody's come, come. And Shelley's lying because, to him. And yeah. they're really trying to set up Leo at this point. Yeah. Um, but it's funny because Bobby, again, the gun is the central thing. Yeah. He hands her the gun as she's yeah. talking to Leo and says, like, and, like, wraps her hand around yeah. it and say. Yeah. Like, like a reminder yeah, that this like, is where, this is where we have to go. do now. Yeah, is we have to deal with Leo violently. 
Um, yeah. And yeah, it's just, this is it's when I start getting really shot. bored with this whole storyline. The, the three of them? Yeah. Yeah, after she... Sh- okay, so she shoots him later in the episode. Yeah. Uh, after that, yeah, it gets a little boring. Although, he does get some payback. I mean, it's great up until the end of the season. Yeah. After Leo's kind of changed, his situation changes, uh, it's a little less interesting for sure. Yeah. But yeah. Um, then And then we get... Ed and Norma, yeah, quick again, scene with just them. another boring little, yeah. like, these two who... They're both so gutless at this point. They're just And they even mention that, like, Norma brings it up, that, uh, like... that they're just so afraid of hurting other people that they're not willing to stand up for themselves. Yeah. And and you do get that sense, because Norma's allowed Hank to come back home, and, and, and he is Ed's coming home. And not pushing Nadine, because he's worried about Nadine, Nadine. Not she's not well. well and... So it's like, it they're... It is It is sad, but it's also like, it's... They're gutless with each other, but I respect Norma for saying, you know what, I'm. this is it, don't yeah. call me for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's it's like, not that I want her to try and make it work with Hank, but, you know, it's like, yeah, this isn't working, the other thing isn't working, nothing is working, so, so do something. Yeah. And this is the first time that they actually do something. And, yeah. and I kind Which is, of yeah, sadly it. going in the wrong direction. But yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought the sad part for me was, like, how she described it as, like, the end of their life. Like, this was yeah. the end. Like, everything and else after this like was over. I'm like... 38? Well, no. They 40, look like they're maybe? 40, maybe. But, like, it's like... So that's how she sees it, you know? Yeah. That, that's kind of like, this is the end of my life now. Because I'm going to be stuck with Hank for the rest of my days in this sad depression my whole time. Yeah. And I think that is really kind of it sad. It is sad. And, and if you were ever in that situation, I think you would have... Yeah. I mean, having not been... Yeah. You know, it's hard for me to sympathize, maybe. But, but, but at I the same do, time... I do kind of see how heart broken she is and how heartbroken he is so it's not it's not definitely not an easy yeah thing to do yeah which is why i respect her all the more for it yeah. Yeah. um then you get audrey yes audrey at horn's department store so this is where she she's told cooper she's getting a job this is her first day she shows up and and talks to her father's uh Department store manager, manager or whatever, or Emery yeah. Battis, Mr. Yeah. Battis is his Emery. name. She goes yeah. into the into the office and he wants to put her in the gift wrapping department and she has other ideas. And and this is where the spoiled little rich girl routine comes in. Yeah. She just she says, Although, No, I'm gonna be in the Again, I found the tone of voice she used is very similar to how she played her father. I found and that's that's kind of what leads me to think that she was just playing oh, her father. See, no, I I think that she's putting on far more like there was so much more emotion when she was talking to her dad i think maybe she yeah she but was i trying I, I, no, for this but, uh, but i think it's see to me she was just going for what she wanted again like and this is anytime she's talking to an older man except for cooper she's really just playing them in in my experience like she really doesn't have anything to do with them she doesn't want to have anything I think to do with them they're boring you old men from your perspective because yes, I, I think yeah. the two situations are very different. There's there are subtle oh, yeah, differences. Oh yeah, no, for sure. And especially that's borne out, you know, what she how she deals with Emery in the future is very yeah. different than how she deals with her dad. But it's still uh, I don't know. To me, it was a very reminiscent scene. It was like another old man that she's playing um, to get closer to the investigation. Like it's literally the next sequence or the next scene in that sequence of her getting to eventually go to One Eye One Eye Jacks, right. which is where she wants to be. But anyway, she does she does end up uh, working at the store, but she uses. It was this odd moment where she, because Emery, I mean, he still has to run a store, even though he's a creep. I mean, he still has to run the store. And she has no experience. So why is he going to put her on the front lines of, you know, she, he doesn't know that she knows that the perfume counter is where they recruit all their women for One-Eyed Jacks. But, I mean, it's still the perfume counter. And and he does say that it's a highly sensitive area. And, you know, he's not going to put some green 
fresh off the, you know, like yeah. nobody on the, even if she is the daughter of the owner. But she then says, she if you don't, I'm going to tear my dress. And it's 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 a really, like... Yeah, now it would really not fly again. It's no, one of those moments plays, where you're like, this is the 90s. Because it would not work. In no, the and it's like it's like this is this is what feminists have been fighting. Like yeah. this this whole idea that a woman would falsely cry rape just to get what she wants, just to get yeah. what she wants, and it's yeah. like Audrey, jeez. Yeah, but, we just anyway. set feminism. Yeah. yeah, yeah, a little bit, but yeah. uh, but she does get she what gets she what she wants, so and he says, "Yep, you'll be on the perfume counter." counter. So. Yeah, so that's where we'll see her next. Um, well, we know we see her more at home again yes. in this episode, but the, yeah. in at the department store, that's what we'll see her next. Uh, then we get a completely useless scene with James going to see Donna, and they're upset about something. I don't even well, remember what they were doing last. The, the I already last, don't care. About the last the time we saw them, they were looking for the necklace in the woods. Oh yeah, but nothing been lost. has really happened the owl since then. Yeah, but they seem like really concerned to see yeah. each other. I don't. I didn't really get that. Well, well, Donna says that he left her note again, which is weird that they're communicating by notes. Like just call. Yeah, just call it. I don't know. Yeah. But anyway. Um, it's it's a pointless scene. Well, it's, it's, just it's some James's backstory, backstory yeah, yeah, about how his mom was a writer and then she became an alcoholic and then his his dad died, right, or something. Uh, yeah, I think so. I, I don't, don't even listen. But, yeah. but I think this is an interesting scene in the sense that it's because Mark Frost wrote this and he tends to be the one who who will set things in context and and he's he's building this character up to be something. And you brought up something interesting with regard to James that that you find in this episode that he doesn't. I mean, when when David Lynch is not directing, yeah, his the yeah the actor who plays him, James Marshall, his his acting just gets really bad. I mean, like here he's very wooden. His face has no expression. He literally just moves his mouth when mm-hmm. he's talking, and like he when Don is trying, Don is emoting for him. Like Don is carrying the scene, mm. and then later on in all the other scenes, he is just absolutely wooden. He's his intonation is basically it's non-existent it's, it, well it's odd yeah. if it's anything and, so, so yeah. when you said that I, I thought maybe that maybe james is uh, a character that that david lynch needs to be there in order to flesh out yeah so mark frost is trying by giving him this backstory but it doesn't really it doesn't even really apply to the rest of the no i mean his arc his no, character it, it doesn't come in back season two a very very bit, very little right really, so it's yeah. not so i I, I thought that was an interesting observation that that they were I think they were trying to do something with James, but the fact and I, I don't want to knock the actor because I don't know how to yeah, act. Yeah, I'm, I'm not, not an actor, but but it does strike like he's just not up to the material. And and I don't like. I don't know if they could have if they had another actor like I could see someone like Dan Ashbrook, who plays Bobby. Yeah. You know he can carry these emotional scenes as we see in, in yeah. um, well, one of the next episodes yeah. or next scenes. Yeah. So, uh, you know, another young male actor could have done differently. I don't know um, what their intention was for this character, but I get the sense they were trying to do something. And maybe this is why, you know, later episodes with James just, just do not fall work. off the cliff. Yeah, but anyway. not interesting at all. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's kind of sad. Like of all the characters who could, do a little mini spin-off that he gets in season yeah, two. Yeah, absolutely. His, he is not one, and it's well, so no, odd but, to but, but that character could have been an interesting character yeah, to yeah, do yeah, a spin-off yeah, with, yeah. right? So Potentially, yeah. But anyway. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we have that. But they do, they do talk about how they don't have any secrets between them. I think that's the only point. Oh, okay, yeah. Just that, they, that he wants a fresh start with Donna, 
Yeah, no secrets. And there's going to be no secrets between, between them. And then they start building secrets right away. It's yeah, it's, bullshit, it's but anyways, yeah, yeah. But anyway. Um, yeah, so after that, you go back to Jacqueline's apartment, yeah. and uh, this is where there's another instance of the camera focusing on something that's not the action. Like, you, so you start on this, it's focusing on a box of donuts. It's getting passed from investigator right, right, right. to investigator. And there's all this talk in the background mm-hmm. of the people working in the scene, trying to figure out, oh, do you have two of this? Or did you wipe this one down or whatever? Yeah. All the work that's going on, all the actual action is not what's being filmed. What's being filmed yeah, is yeah, these yeah. donuts that are kind of the center of the visual yeah. scene. And then all the action's kind of happening around it. And eventually it makes its way to Cooper. He starts eating one. And then, and then it kind of more uh, traditionally kind of tracks. But it's, again, this instance of... Uh, yeah, kind of a, a weird visual uh, sense. No, it's not weird. It's it's a good it's a good way to to come into that. It's different. Yeah, it's just different. I, I really don't know if it has much of a saying in this instance. I mean, again, food is central, yeah. literally yeah. once again. Um, but beyond that, I don't know if it actually contributes much to the scene. But it is. Yeah, it's a it's a little interesting mm-hmm. cue. Uh, so yeah, Cooper. That this is when he sees. The, yes, the he picture sees the, the picture cabin, of the cabin. Yeah, and uh, and, and they then bring he, up the. Yeah, and then they found out who. Uh, the P.O. box was where yes. all the ads from Flesh World were being sent. And there, uh, it was Jacques Renault's, of course. Uh, and They then, find that there were two different ads that were all, both going to the same P.O. box. And yeah. one of them was Ronette's. And the other yeah. one, the girl, you can't see it's her head. Face, but... Yeah, but Cooper realizes that it's, it's Laura in the picture because he recognizes the red drapes that he saw in the photo in yeah. the cabinet, which was Jacques' cabin. And they yeah. put it together that Jacques had a cabin in the woods, so they decide they're going to... Pack a lunch and go yeah. hiking. Yeah. Um, so that's where Doc Hayward, Sheriff Truman, Deputy Hawk, and Agent Cooper end up for yeah. the rest of the episode, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's there's not much else that actually happens there. No, it's um, it's just the it's more, pretty straightforward. Yeah. yeah, kind of plot thing. Uh, then you get another James. Donnan. But, but this is Maddie this is, yeah, coming in. Maddie comes in, so he she kind of joins their their. Uh, effort to uh, figure out what happened to Laura. And I like this. I, I, I like Maddie. I like, we both I like, like Maddie, Maddie a lot. lot. Yeah. And She's just cute. I think she just adds a nice little <laughs> dynamic. It's the only thing of interest with, with Donna and James is At that point, now there's yeah. there's a Another little bit of a triangle, triangle yeah. going on here, which I have no problem with because Maddie is just adorable. So, but um, they are talking about how when Laura was younger, there was a, she had hiding places and Maddie is going to, Look for these, like look for clues, look for things in in yeah. the apartment because she or in the Laura's bedroom because she's staying obviously in the Palmer yeah. house. Yeah, and um, and it's it, but it's just kind of like an awkward scene. Like they don't like at one point, uh, Maddie like points out like, oh, you said we're going to. I don't know. She she like reiterates something that was literally just said. It was not very. Like, she didn't need to say that, and it didn't even make sense for the character to kind of say that. It made her sound really stupid that she didn't. James and I knew Laura better than anyone did. She was in some kind of terrible trouble before she died, worse than any of us could imagine. What? Well, I'd rather not say too much about things we can't prove yet. You said you can't prove it yet. And then, yeah, and their investigation is just really kind of amateur. Like, their whole hope is that... It really is amateur. It's it is. amateur detectives. Yeah, yeah, but... High school okay, but the, you get a contrast later on with Audrey, who just, like, gets shit done. Well, yeah, like, and she that's, is so that's good. the point. That's what I'm trying to get at, is, yeah. that, is that if you were... Yeah. Side tangent, if if you're going to make the argument that, that Audrey's too young, this this shoots that down, because yeah. she is so much more mature and well, handles this yeah. stuff so much better, 
compared to the, the, the three of them. Who yeah, barely. Who, yeah. yeah, can can't yeah. string a sentence together. Yeah, really. I and I, I have to bring this up because Maddie orders a Coke. Oh, it's so annoying. And she doesn't even drink a cherry it. Coke, a to cherry which, Coke. To which James, in his terrible thing, is like, you got it. And he's like, oh. He's no, just, I think you terrib- emoted too much. Yeah, I did. Yeah, that was but too anyway, much. Yeah. She doesn't even take a drink of it. She just leaves it on the table and they take off. It's like, that I annoys me so much. Especially when they make a big why. point about like, would yes. you like, can I get you something? And she says, yeah, cherry, cherry Coke. Coke. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah. And then, then the yeah. camera even focuses on well, that. Well, no, yeah. And then it, and it's kind of weird because it's like, oh, look, they, I don't know why it focuses on the Coke. Food. Yeah. And then it goes over to Hank who's yeah, listening Hank, in. Well, yeah. And he's come back. That's where, and he, yeah. So he's, he's literally sitting there. in the booth next to them. Yeah. Um, and yeah. this is the first time that he's been back in the diner. And, and, and it then, is, yeah. it is creepy because he does look really. Oh, he's just, he's a creepy looking dude. He plays it so well. Like, yeah. So he's, he. You think immediately, like, well, he overheard them talking. Is there anything that he could have used? And probably there was. But well, he pays a visit to Leo later, which, right. you know, yeah. But You wonder if that has something to do with it. But anyway, he um, he goes from looking really quite sinister and, and dark to when Norman, Norman and Shelley come in and they've got their hair all done up because, remember, they were going to the, the, beauty the salon. Day. They had yeah. their beauty day. Um he changes on a dime. This his his other side comes out, and he starts playing the the doting the, yeah, husband husband and, who's going to come back and oh just let me finish my coffee and I'll go back and wash boss, dishes yeah. right and it's like and so it's uh, like seeing seeing the way that Norma reacts to him and like this they share a little joke and there's yeah. a, a smile and and but he, at the same time Norma's kind of sad throughout it. Well, it's, of course she is because she just broke up with Ed. Well, yeah, right? and it's. But it's it's almost like she's like I know he's lying to me like you know I know this is Maybe. his happy face and then he's a jerk the rest of the time and the way you kind of get that is the audience that she's aware is that you get Shelly goes behind the kitchen or the counter or something yeah. like that and she has a really sad look looking yeah. at Norma knowing that Norma's throwing her life away with this bad guy well and probably also realizing that that she's gonna do she's on the same path well exactly right and it's it's this it's this really sad and it's quite a it's quite a nice shot mm-hmm. of. Um, because you could again, it's Shelley's the focus again, but the action is all on Norma and, and Hank are still talking and chatting up and mm. kind of fake laughing and everything, and and you just see this really terrified look on Shelley's face, and yeah, she knows that Leo's coming back and she's gonna have to do something about it mm-hmm. soon, and yeah. So, anyways, yeah, so it's a it's kind of a sad little scene again. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is another scene where where and this happens at the beginning in the Great Northern, it happens at the end of the Great Northern, where the same location holds multiple different conversations and the camera just kind of smoothly mm-hmm. transitions from one scene to the next which yeah. which I thought was a really nice touch yeah. on the part of the director just to have the this flow. Yeah. Those of, those could have been two totally separate scenes but yeah. they're like no, we're going to do them all. And it's all going to be in one. the same place and it's all well, I mean that that comes in when it's written but it's still it was a nice touch that that yeah. the camera and and you brought that up with the donut scene. Yeah. But the camera just kind of flows from yeah. From it, I found it hard. We we've been taking notes as we're watching this, but to delineate, it's not that there's a different scene. It's just different conversations within the same yeah, scene, are right? Going on, that, yeah. But um, yeah. So anyway, the next scene we get is uh, the Briggs family at Doctor Jacoby's, and they are Dang. going for family counseling. Yeah. And uh, I, I love this scene. <laughs> you <laughs> do? I, just say, I hate this scene. Oh, it's I love so, it. It makes me so angry. It's oh, so yeah. sad. Really? Yes. Okay. Well. First of all, it starts off the three of them, uh, the three family members are talking and well, they're no, just complaining Bobby's about Bobby. Not yeah, yeah. So Major Briggs and uh, Betty. his Betty. 
are just complaining about how hard he is to talk to and how he's he seems despondent and all this stuff. And Bobby's laying there, yeah. rolled back, looking despondent and upset and everything. Yeah. And uh, and Dr. Jacoby's just kind of like, he's, he's not... Dr. Jacoby doesn't give a shit. You can tell right away. He's just kind of like, yeah, well, whatever. Um, and he asks, like, Bobby, are you sad, Bobby? He's like, yeah, wouldn't sure. You yeah, be? wouldn't you be? Yeah. Something. Uh, and then he kicks the major out, which is... My favorite, the major's like, well, I thought this was supposed to be family counseling or something. He's like, well, I'll need to talk to each of you individually. He's like, okay. And he uh, just, like, yeah. accepts it yeah. and moves out. Yeah. Perhaps I should spend uh, a few minutes with Bobby alone. This is supposed to be family counseling. Well, and I'll need to spend some time with each member of the family alone, but uh, Bobby first. Fair enough. Whatever you say. Yeah, Major Briggs just gives up so easy. It's kind of funny. And then, so Dr. Jacoby just starts interrogating Bobby about Laura. Yeah, which this bothered me on so many levels because we know we, we already know that Dr. Jacoby has an unhealthy level of interest in Laura's life and for him to be talking to Bobby who clearly has some issues going on here all about his girlfriend, his dead girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And he uses things that he might have heard in his sessions with Laura or on oh, he the does. tapes with Laura. Yeah. Um the, to to get to Bobby and make Bobby cry. And that is, it's so sad because, you know, it's such a breach of, of professional ethics, but it's also like a moral, it's it's like oh, it's how, just, yeah. how morally rotten do you have to yeah. be to manipulate a 17 or 18 year old kid into crying just so that you can find out that Laura was troubled, which you already knew yeah, anyway. Already knew. Like, like nothing he that didn't he didn't get learns. anything out of this. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. So I don't even really know what his, what his motives are in this, in this case. Unless it's literally just for us to see Jacoby as, as an asshole. Well, it's kind of that. But, I mean, he does ask, like, did did Laura ever tell you she had some terrible dark secret? And it's kind of like, did did you ever find out what that was? Like, I think he's still Maybe. looking at that, too. Like, my, my note here is that this is more of uh, trying to find out the psychological history of Laura. Like, not just what happened to her physically, but yeah. why she was she was so damaged. And he he's the first one who kind of says... Um, a terrible dark secret. Not like Laura's had a bunch of secrets, like the cocaine, and she's now in Flesh World, and all this other stuff. But Jacoby's the first one that hints that maybe there's some terrible, like core secret that is dry that drove Laura to do all these other things. And I, when I watched it this time, I was like, oh, Jacoby. If I was a neutral observer and this is the first time watching it, I would think maybe that uh, Jacoby was the core problem, mm. and he's just trying to find out if Bobby knew about it. Right. Like, if Laura ever said, oh, Jacoby's been molesting me, or, or Jacoby's been giving me drugs, or Jacoby's been, you know, a, you know, doing something bad to me, uh, and Jacoby's trying to find out who knows so that he can silence whoever, right? Um, it kind of builds up Jacoby as a, as a potential well, killer. I don't, I don't necessarily see it going that far. I think this is more oh. just, there are so many different investigations now going on into Laura. Mm-hmm. There's Cooper and the official legal investigation there's a criminal investigation you've got audrey you've got donna james and maddie you've got jacoby bobby to an extent these are all people who they they have such different paths and different views on how to get this information and what they're going to do with that information um yeah so it makes sense I, that jacoby's is yeah like, psychological. I just, yeah yeah but it, but it 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 does make him suspicious but i don't see it being as dark as you have gone. No, and I didn't the first time. I thought he was just like a, a weird kind of creepy psychiatrist. To, yeah. yeah. Um, but 
watching it again this time, I'm like, if you wanted to perceive him as potentially one of the murders, which, yeah. you know, Cooper still kind of does at this point, even. Well, yeah, he doesn't um, exactly, yeah. Yeah, he doesn't pass, like, a, a really great morality test here, right? Like, you could see it building up that way. Um, the scene ends, Bobby's crying and talking about Laura to Jacoby, and then you cut to a bird outside the window. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, again, and, and I thought that was yeah. an interesting, like, the bird flying by. Birds come into play a lot in this in this series, but um, it got me thinking, like, who's the bird? Is And the music is swelling, and it's like, is this is this supposed to represent Laura or Bobby? Is there some kind of freedom that's going on here? But it's also a black bird, and it, it's not... Yeah, I don't. I don't know what kind of bird it is, but I would imagine yeah, it's some it seems kind like of a crow or something. Yeah. yeah, a crow or a raven or something. But, but if it it kind of follows um, the four uh, investigators in the woods, um, who are trying to find Jacques Renault's cabin, and it's another instance of of a thing the the camera or the scene kind of flowing to the next. It's a, it's an animal that takes from Transitions, yeah. from the town to the woods and then to the next scene of action, which is Cooper, Truman, Hawk, and Hayward in the the woods coming across um, the Log Lady's, the log cabin, lady's cabin, cabin, which is not the cabin that they want, but as luck would have it, they approach. And, and I find it kind of weird because they like pull their guns and they're like, oh my God, there's something here. And it's like, they don't know where the log lady's cabin is. Like, it's a small yeah. town, like, yeah. and she's a pretty odd, eccentric person. You'd think they'd know where it was, she that is. is. That is a good point, because I hadn't even... Yeah. I don't even know why they would pull their guns in the, the first place. Well, if they thought Jacques Renault... If they thought that was Renault's cabin, maybe then... But they, they knew that it wasn't. They said it wasn't. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I don't remember that. So okay. now it's just some yeah. some third party that they, like, talk about being suspicious. Maybe this is why we have such a problem with police in the United States right now. <laughs> yeah. No, cut that. It's too political. It's true. Um, yeah, so they go in and they meet Margaret, uh, and she starts off right away. You're late. Yeah, you're late, first of all, which like, is great. Like, which is funny okay. because she did say, it was a couple episodes ago, that she gave Cooper the chance to ask the log. Yeah. But she's like, it, it's like, okay, I knew you were going to come. You're late. I'm upset with you being late, but you're here now. So yeah, we let's, might as well let's make just do. Yeah. appreciate this fact and, and yeah. move on, right? Continue. Um, and, yeah, and she. The, so this is the first instance of the owls won't see us here. Yeah, which is interesting because Cooper has already uh, has that. No, no, the, you don't know that the owls are not what they seem. Well, that yes. isn't. That's yes, coming in right, a couple right, episodes. Right, right, right. But I mean, you have to wonder. The like, owls won't hear us. Here. Owls We've seen see owls. Yet. In the previous episode, we don't know what they mean yet. Yeah. It's not really clear. Yeah, um, but clear. But it, what is clear is that the log lady does does not want them. Yeah, to she, watch exactly, her. or hear her, or hear her. So she calls them inside, and she's going to give them tea and co- cookies. Tea and cookies, and Cooper just can't. He can't fathom her. And well, he, no, it's like he he gives this look like we don't have time for this shit. Like, yeah. no, we got to get going. And everybody else is like, no, tea would be lovely. What kind of cookies have you got? Well, that's what I'm saying. He doesn't get why well, they, they're humoring her almost. Like, Yeah, but but what that's interesting to me because everybody's humoring Cooper. 100%. Oh, yeah. They are so on board with everything he does. And then here's this, this local eccentric who is, like, offering help. And, yeah, she's weird. She has a log. It's... But it's no weirder than, than him waking done, up yeah. and saying, yeah, so break the code, solve yeah, the crime, yeah. my dream is the answer. Yeah. But he can't believe this shit. Like, he's he's so not on board with it. And I thought that was really interesting that it's almost like he's saying there's only room in this town for one weirdo. And it's me, yeah. the intruder from yeah. Philadelphia. Yeah, it's true. Sorry, it's, Margaret. It's odd. 
yeah. check privilege. Yeah. So so it it is funny in that sense for me that that I don't want to say that he's jealous or something, but it's yeah. it's. Yeah, strange. It is. There, there's another instance of uh, kind of the myth building. I mean, Margaret's obviously a very kind of spiritual character. She's connected to the spiritual and supernatural elements mm-hmm. in the Twin Peaks area. And Hawk points out, I was like, there, there are many spirits in the wood, aren't there, Margaret? Yeah. And she says something. Um, but she says, because so she also gives a story of how a little bit, how the log is kind of her husband who died in a forest well, fire. It connects her to her husband. It connects her to her husband. Yeah. Who, uh, who was killed in a forest fire the day after they were married. Yeah. It's kind of very sad. My husband was a logging man. Oh. He met the devil. Fire is the devil hiding like a coward in the smoke. It was the day after the wedding, wasn't it, Margaret? The wood holds many spirits, doesn't it, Margaret? Um, but she said my husband met the devil. Yeah. Which is what Mike uh, said in his, yes. in the dream to Cooper was, I too have seen the face of the devilish one. Yeah. Um, and then he cut off his arm to, to save himself from the from the devil. Uh, but it's kind of like, okay, this is... The, the log is, again, the center of this scene. The log is what everyone's there to do. Everyone... Cooper talks to the log. Um, but the log obviously doesn't say anything No, about, Margaret interprets what the log is saying. Yeah. And the log did see three people that yes. night. And, and, and it gives, kind of moves the plot kind of forward, to yeah. Laura and Renette's... Uh, yeah, what happened yeah, to them. Yeah, what happened to them. Um, but, but, yeah, you're right that this is... This is the log plays that central role. It's another one of those scenes that you were talking about earlier, where um, they're even sitting on like a, a round table, and, yeah. and, and the scene kind of passes around the table, but it's, it's but all it's centered fun. on the log yeah. and what the log has to say. It's always in shot if she's in shot. Like it's it's very yeah, um, yeah. But it is and it is myth building. It's it's yeah. It's like. You know, well, the X-Files has their mythology, Lost had its mythology. This is where we start to delve into a the mythology. And I don't think it's any, any, um, it's that, that Mark, Mark Frost, Frost who yeah. wrote it. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. He's, he was big on that. And, uh, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, really, you get the sense that this is a continuity of spirits yeah. and evil things. Although you're, you're not quite sure that at this point, Bob might still be a, 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 a person separate person, not, has, not yeah. a spirit. Well, especially when, when the log has heard that there were three people, three men, two girls, or... There's two two girls and two men, and, and then, then one man and the two girls leave or something like that. I don't remember exactly Yeah, but anyway, they it. figure out that there were three men there. Yeah. And that's... So, so you have so Leo... you're like, Leo, Jacques, and Bob? Yeah, That's Bob the there? question, yeah, right? Yeah, so, so you really don't know. Um, but yeah, so you don't, really yeah, you don't get the sense that, it's this, that Bob is a spirit or anything, but there's a connection to Mike, definitely, yeah. and Mike has a connection to Bob. So, so already these characters are, are filling in um, kind of a mythological underpinning. This is, this is where, you know, and it comes back to what Truman was saying and Hawk were saying about the, um, the evil that lives in the woods. And this is all kind of playing into that, that there's a legendary mythological thing that exists around the town of Twin Peaks. Yeah. So they leave... Uh, Margaret's cabin and they're walking they're kind of discussing what they what they heard and then they hear uh, music, music playing yeah. and Cooper remembers that there's always music in the air uh, when they get to the cabin and he, he turns off it's a record that's playing on loop um, and he remembers that there's always music in the air so that they already know it's Jacques' cabin but it's just one more link to his yeah. dream coming back in and 
they find literally everything that they need to find. Yeah, it's they, it's kind of like okay, this is definitely so where... they find Waldo, they find film in the camera, they find blood on the carpet, they find twine, and they find the one eye jack poker chip that yeah. uh, and the red curtains from the red room yeah, from the dream it's and the all, music. It's all coming together, and here we're on the sixth episode, and you're like, okay, this is the end of the mini series. Yeah, this is gonna wrap up in two episodes, and we're gonna say bye bye to Twin Peaks. Um, it's almost too convenient that well, yeah, all of this and, is happening and at once. And it's funny because, like, they use the red curtain. So, and this winds, it winds up being kind of a red herring. Like, yeah. everything's pointing towards Jacques and Leo. And you don't know who the third person is, but it's probably Bob, whoever that is. You don't yeah. know yet. Um, and then, uh, yeah, but it's really, it is a red herring. Like, this is really just kind of like another byway on the long, that was supposed to be never-ending mystery of who killed Laura yeah. Palmer. And, uh, and even if, like, this is not spoiling it for anybody no. because even on a first watch, you realize this is too convenient. Yeah, like, it just, like it doesn't feel yeah. satisfying yeah. to realize that, the, like, there's there's more to it than just this, right? This is happening too quickly. And, but obviously these guys are, are thrilled that they found all this stuff. And, and it's, it's, they definitely approach this as, like, a job well done. Right, yeah. they're gonna wrap up the murder and it's gonna be fine. Even yeah. though we, as viewers, know that there's there's got to be more to this, especially given in light of the scene that we just had with Margaret and the hints of all the the spirits and the supernatural. And the well, and the fact that like all these other characters are also pursuing investigations and they're nowhere near yeah. who killed Laura Palmer. It's yeah. it's it really begs like I'm waiting a little bit. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, uh, the scene shifts now. It's nighttime and we're at the Great Northern and the the Everything else that happens, with the exception of uh, uh, one scene with Maddie, takes place in the Great Northern that night. And um, we get the party for the Icelandic investors. Mm-hmm. Um, we get a scene with Ben and Josie. We get a scene with Ben and Catherine where they advance the plot. And I, I feel like we need to mention that this is the first time that we actually really pinned down what the hell was well, actually going I on with the mill. I think we pinned down what was happening with yeah. the mill, but there's some spoilers in here. But yeah, we kind of figured it out. So uh so what what happens first yeah. yeah so josie is already at the great northern we see her first she's smoking in, yeah, in ben's but, office yeah but nothing um, kind of happens there for a little yeah bit. uh so then audrey is yeah watching as uh Be- yeah ben leaves Catherine. okay yeah. <laughs> rewind a long story <laughs> this is one of the but this is one of those things where like the camera does take you through all mm-hmm. this it's the scene builds yeah. as the camera moves and, yeah. and it's a very smooth scene you have to start at the beginning yeah Pete and Catherine walk in. Pete gives that great line about how you got to go easy on the sauce tonight, Kathy. And she says, a couple of belts of these and even you'd look good. And it's just such a, it's like the first time he laughs. Yeah, he, his little giggle is the best. He's like, like, he's like, yeah, I still love you. You're yeah, so cute. It's like, right? Like, yeah. So anyway, yeah. Um, but she goes over with a glass of champagne. She spills it all over Ben's shoe Yeah. Um, when he's talking to the To Icelandic get his attention, investors. basically. Yeah. yeah. So they go off to his study. And Audrey, and Audrey follows, follows them. In and the, this is where Aiden, Aiden's comment yeah, is Audrey, that she just gets shit done. She's just she such does. a good investigator. She's like, she oh, sneaks I'm away. Gonna, I don't like the looks of them. And she just follows them yeah. and peeks. And yeah, she goes into her little hidden corridors yeah. and she pulls out the, the wooden panel and peeks and through into, into yeah, the office. Yeah, so she sees them talking about the mill. But also, uh, Ben, like, makes like starts kissing her and stuff. And, yeah. and you get a bit of, like, her kind of, like, angst of, like, Oh my god, my dad's cheating on my mom. I don't which know I don't if she think, cares so much about that, I but I, I think it no, deepens. She had a she had an instant like kind of revulsion of, of that, and I thought that was really well done because it's not like it's a surprise. I'm sure she knows her father's like a philandering jerk. I mean, 
even the way she talked about she already yeah. connected him with Laura in her mind I think um so it's not that big of a surprise but it's it's a little it's a little jarring to see it actually happening as as a well and maybe that's maybe that's the thing it's not so much that oh he's not being faithful to my mom because I don't get the sense that she no. has any kind of relationship with either of her, of her parents that would cause that no. but it's almost like my dad is not this is visual proof now that my dad is up to no good yeah I've heard him talking about this, and now I'm seeing him with this other woman, and I'm hearing about him going up to One-Eyed Jacks. Yeah. So now she's got, maybe that's the first time she's heard of her father connected with One-Eyed Jacks. Does she hear that? Yeah, because Catherine says about Oh, yeah, yeah, what were you the, doing there? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, I mean, there's, uh, there's a lot of reasons why Audrey would have that reaction, but she does. Yeah. And she starts off giggling and smiling, but then... She does get a look on her face that's heartbreaking, and then mm-hmm. and then she puts the wood paneling back and covers the little knot hole that she's been peeking through, and uh, and she laughs to herself, but it's not. There's no mirth there. It's like no nervous yeah, laughter, yeah, almost or anxious yeah. laughter. Um, so we go back to uh, the ballroom or the the main room where this party is happening, and Jerry's giving a speech to the Icelanders. And well, he, but okay, but he's giving it because. He's trying on a microphone, and yeah. the microphone's dying. Yeah. Or it's not working, or, or something. He's yeah. banging in, and it's not working. And then, yeah, so he's giving a speech to the Icelanders, saying, like, we are all Icelanders yeah. in, in German. It sounds like it. No, it's, it's, it's Icelandic, Icelandic but, I'm sure. Yeah. But, yeah, it's a Icbina. Yeah, it's a... Yeah, it's a play on that. Um, again, some Americana for you from Kennedy. But, anyways, uh, and then uh, out of nowhere, the the the... the Microphone isn't the only piece of electronics that's yes. all of a sudden not working because all of a sudden uh, Leland's big band music comes yeah. on again, and and he is he's there because of course he snuck in and he's just he's still torn up and he looks terrible. But as soon as he hears this music, he's so stricken, he like grabs his head. Yeah, and he's, he's like, well, it's like it does something. I mean, this is a supernatural episode, and this is yeah. a very supernatural thing that's happening, and it comes back all the way through to Fire Walk with me. Is is the role electricity plays yeah. and electronics and music for sure, yeah. um, are all connected to the supernatural. And in this case, it, it's it's like a supernatural spirit comes in and like... Ends Jerry's microphone yeah. speech and, and puts on this music. music. No, but, and then zooms in and grabs Leland's yeah. like heart and like squeezes it and he's just, he's in hurt so, so bad. so much pain. And then he starts dancing. He, and he starts dancing. And it's exactly the same and he's, as... He, it's, it's like in previous episodes where he was begging people to dance with him. Except this time, Ben tells Catherine dance oh, with him. you have to dance Like, them. make this... Yeah, the Icelanders cannot leave because we have a crazy yeah. lawyer in the house. So like... she goes and she makes the best of it and it's really good. Like, Catherine yeah. does a, yeah. a fine yeah, job of just... Name? Piper, Piper Laurie. Mart- yeah. Yeah, she's great. <laughs> put Piper Martell in there. <laughs> That's terrible. Very good. Uh, Piper yeah. Laurie. Yeah, she's um, great. Yeah, and she, she goes in and she mimics his movements even when he's, like, clutching his hair. She makes... Like, and then the Icelanders are like, oh, okay, this, this is how you dance here. So they all start dancing. And, but then... It zooms back to Audrey. Yeah. And Audrey has come out following Ben and Catherine, and she's crying yeah. behind a pole, watching Leland uh, having pain. a breakdown. Yeah. And it's really, it's yeah. sad, and it, it does come back. We don't deal with the end of this right away, because we zoom back to Maddie. Maddie's found a tape in Laura's bedroom in the hiding place that she used yeah, to have. Yeah, she calls and James that's and gonna happen. Know, yeah. yeah. Um, and Ben goes to see Josie. Yeah. And... We get the sense now that this is how we paused it, so we could figure yeah, so we out could what figure was going, out what on was going on. Because I think 
So, okay, put a pin in Audrey crying and Leland yeah. having a breakdown. Let's talk about the mill for a bit, because this does get very convoluted. Yeah. So, Ben and Catherine are going are to... They're conspiring to... to burn down the mill and frame Josie. Then we'll, to get the insurance to money. To get the insurance money, we think. And also just to screw over Josie, I think. Yeah. Is like, we're going to take the, we're going to burn the mill down and, and hurt you. Yeah. Um, but Ben and Josie are trying to kill Catherine. And they, and in the next episode, I think, I think it's the next episode, you find out that they've taken out a life, life insurance policy, policy on Catherine so that, yeah. that when the mill burns down. And Catherine's only, there. Catherine's there. They'll collect the, the insurance money from Catherine as well as the mill yeah. and walk away with some clean cash. That's what Josie thinks. I think what Ben is doing is he is screwing over both Josie and Catherine. Yeah. So he's going to collect the insurance money from the mill the that Catherine yeah. and he were going to collect. Yeah. And he's going to collect the insurance money, the life insurance policy on Catherine that he and Josie were going to collect. And he's going to now... But, have the land and all this money and yeah. Josie and Catherine will be out of the picture. Yeah, and that's that's his plan, right? Um, but I think, I don't know if there's actually insurance money on the the uh, mill because I think the mill is just going under. So I think... Possibly. If, if they burn it down, maybe Josie would also get insurance money instead of the mill just going bankrupt, which is where it's going. Probably, yeah. But I, I either know. way, it's, 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 kind it's, of, it's still confusing. It, all Ben wants is the land so yeah. that he can develop it. And and the mill is is the thorn in his side. So yeah. he just wants the mill gone. So he's playing but all he the angles to, play, to try and get it yeah. done. Yeah. But for all these years, I've never been able to figure it out. And I feel very proud of us that we I were able to sit down. I don't know that is it now. Because I'm wondering, like, why... Oh, Aiden, it makes sense. <laughs> why Let's does just... Catherine want to burn down the mill? Because she's mad at Josie. That's all. But then she'll she'll inherit nothing. Like, she doesn't have well, she's not going to inherit it. Yeah, I guess if she's just taking back at Josie. Yeah, then so then works. she'll get money and be able to... Well, but will she get any money? Maybe she'll get something from Ben. Maybe. Who knows? I don't know. Yeah. Okay. That kind of makes anyway. sense. But yeah, it's 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 very convoluted, that so, plot. That that happens. We deal with that. The next few episodes deal with that in much yeah. more uh, detail. But, it definitely comes out more. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Well, we also got um, Hank beating up Leo. Oh, you know that's at the very end of the episode. Yeah, right? this this happens in the next the next scene. So yeah. we go back to the the Johnsons' house. Yeah, house. Leo's come Leo home arrives and from then wherever he was, he was on Hank the road. just beats him up. Yeah, just peers Hank, out nowhere and knocks him but out. And Aiden asked, "Why is he doing this?" And Hank was the one who was involved with the drug running in the town before he was sent up the creek to uh, for that manslaughter charge. So he gave he said to Leo. Yeah, I told right. you to mind the store, not open up a franchise, and that's why he's he's there now to exact revenge on Leo for doing exactly that, profiting off of this uh, business that Hank had before he went up. Yeah, so it, it, I don't think it's just drugs. I think it's all criminal stuff yeah, that probably. you need a you need a hand for. Yes, yeah. it, Leo's yeah. taken over for Hank, and now well, Hank's and back, and he wants exactly to, like Leo had that scene with Ben where they were talking yeah, about exactly. Like, oh yeah, well you're Hank would have been the muscle. Leo is now the muscle. Hank wants his position back. Like, it's it's really one of those, like, you know, criminal underbelly mob kind of things. But, um, so Leo goes in and he's pissed off because he's bleeding and he's beat up. up He shoves Shelly out of the way. She's just concerned and wants to help him. And he dickishly pushes her away and she pulls out the gun and aims it at him. And he says, he calls her a stupid slut, which I thought was a little bit, you know. I mean, he knows knows that that she's screwing around, but... But still, it's like, 
Yeah. She didn't do anything. Well, yeah, whatever. but it's Leo. He's, yeah, of he's course. Ass, he doesn't need like, a reason whatever, for all yeah. this stuff. She shoots him anyway. Shoots him. She, you and don't that's know how where the scene she shot him. She drops the gun and she shrieks. She, well, she closes her eyes to shoot him first yeah, of all. So is, she has no idea. And then the light's kind of moving around. Yeah, so it's another You just get this shot. shriek of yeah. pain from Leo. Yeah. And then that's it. that's it. So he's been shot, but where? How badly? You is have he going to no survive? What's wrong with him? We have no clue. So that's how we leave Shelly, crouched on the floor, having just shot her husband. Yeah, covering her eyes and screaming. Yeah. And that's the end of the episode. No, it's not. There's another shot? There is another scene. What is it? Cooper comes back to the hotel. Oh, of course, yes. Walking the down final the hallway. Scene. He's got his tape recorder out, and he's listening to what? What? The Icelandics? There's nothing. Oh, isn't it? Oh, no, there is. There is I think singing. the Icelandics are there, He's yeah. He's saying Icelandics, the Icelandics. Icelanders. <laughs> he's listening to uh, the singing as they go down the hallway. And he's just come back from a hard day out in the field, he approaches his door and he sees that it's open. So he pulls his gun yeah. and he walks into the room and it's pitch tells, black. Yeah, he tells someone he knows someone's there though. Someone says, is in mm. is in the room with him. He says, "Reach turn, over and turn, turn on the light. light." And who does? It's Audrey. It's Audrey, naked and in his bed, and she begs him not to make, make her, her leave. leave. That's what she says. That's how the that's how the episode. That ends. is how the episode ends. That is how the episode ends. So. Um, so yeah, you you start in cooper's bedroom you end in cooper's bedroom yeah and i think that's important because i think it's it's a disruption of there's a lot of disruption of basic things going on here you've got disruption of sleep i think that the the disruption of sleep leads to disruption of the flow of investigation that that is halted until cooper gets his coffee and his donuts in the morning um that's when he makes all those great discoveries right um yeah, I mean, Jerry's the, speech gets interrupted. Yeah, there's there's kind of some, yeah. Right, and, and the fact that uh, we've seen food in previous episodes being used as a as a replacement for sex or as a... The Pepsi is unfinished. The, the Pepsi, Pepsi is, is interrupted. Yeah. Exactly. Cherry Coke, sorry. Cherry yeah. Coke, yeah. yeah. Pepsi. Get your drinks right. Yeah. Um, and then to to finish the episode off, you've got... You've got Audrey, whose night has been ruined, like this is so she's seeking comfort in the in the dark in the room of the person, the only person who has paid her any attention, really. Yeah, it's aside true. from her father, whose attention has all been really negative. Yeah, and same with Emery in this episode. Yeah, he, his attention was. She wasn't seeking his attention. She no. doesn't want his attention. But she wants he's Cooper's a, attention, and he's the yeah. one who has given it freely to her. So it makes sense that she would go and seek him out. And and I think that it's important to, to note that this so is how you're saying that she winds up there because she was upset about Leland? Is that kind of I, what you're getting at? Well, I mean, I kind of see that. Well, I think, I think in at this stage, Audrey's character was set to go on a much bigger arc than what she eventually wound up in. Sure. And I think that they were laying the seeds of Audrey being as much of a, an intuitive person as Cooper. I think that Leland's breakdown, you know, she has an empathy there that, yeah. that it fills her and she's unable to control it. And I think that's what what would have happened had her art continued the way they intended. Yeah. Okay. And I think it, it works if we're mirroring Cooper and Audrey. Because Cooper's yeah. intuition has been in play in this episode, but but he's also been stopping other people's intuition. He's mm-hmm. been standing in front of the log lady and preventing her, or, or at least casting doubt on, on her abilities. And then here he here he is being confronted by Audrey, who has just had an outpouring of emotion, and, and her, I think 
we can extrapolate that to an out or a, a her intuition coming to play and he's now confronted with that i think there there's just parallels here that, yeah. that are yeah. being drawn between the two of them no for sure so no that makes sense so that would be my guess yeah okay yeah i mean in retrospect kind of a... when you when you find out what happens in in the course of her character arc this scene doesn't exactly play the way that it yeah. might have played otherwise no it's true i mean everything after so she does go to one eye jacks that's not much of a spoiler it's coming up in an episode or two um and everything after that point really doesn't Falls proceed apart. yeah it really doesn't her character doesn't really hold up and no it's it, at the by yeah by, by the start few of the episodes second, into yeah, the, the second, season. second season she's already lost most of the steam that we build up in this you know the first seven episodes or eight episodes yeah. of the the first season so yeah so yeah but this is this is where we end up with this uh yeah this scene and it's where we'll pick up the next episode. Yes, because it does pick up again right from there. Exactly so. at that spot. Yeah. So. Okay. So thanks for tuning in. Yeah. We hope you'll join us next week. Yeah. We'll and see you then. Yeah.